Welcome to MediaPost's Brand Insider. I'm your host, Steve Smith, Editorial Director of Events here at MediaPost. Each week, we interview marketing leaders from companies old and new about how they build and evolve their brands on an unpredictable media and culture terrain. In addition to this full audio interview in podcast form, we also publish a companion newsletter with highlights from the Q&A. MediaPost has been covering marketing and media news for over 20 years. You can find the Brand Insider Weekly as well as our daily coverage at MediaPost.com. Now, let's get into it. For most marketers we talk to of late, authenticity is the operative watchword. Making real human connections to consumers in the midst of digital and virtual overkill seems to be at a premium now. Superplastic is different. This animation, entertainment, and toy company has coined the term synthetic celebrity to describe what they bring to the market. Imagined characters like Janky, Gugamon, and Daisy live mainly in social memes as licensed entities and as dazzlingly priced vinyl toys. I'm going to leave it to today's brand insider, Superplastic CEO, Jennifer Van Dyke, to better explain this model. Even as a longtime fan of the heavily licensed comics and animation world, I'm still getting my head around how Superplastic works. But the company has marketing partnerships with Tommy Hilfiger and The Weeknd. It even launched Superplastic Records this year as a music label for its synthetic music group Ghost Kids, who are managed, by the way, by other superplastic synthetic celebrities. You know, going back 120 years to the Yellow Kid comics and animation IP through Disney uh, drove endorsements and licensing, ads and entertainment partnerships. But traditionally, this IP was germinated, given character and backstory story over time in the comics or animation, even in toy media. This seems to be a different model at Superplastic, where the IP is developed in the licensing and the brand extensions themselves, as these characters almost become social influencers, and that's part of their celebrity. It gets really postmodern in here pretty quickly, I think. Uh, and that's why I I'm really eager to talk to Jen about how this actually works. So, Jen, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Uh, Give us a basic explanation, your thumbnail of what Superplastic really is and how this these toys and, and these products and IPs are differentiated in the market. I mean, at its core, Superplastic is a character universe, uh, one of incredible imagination, maybe a little bit of uh, forgiving of reality. And the beauty of the characters is that they actually have the flexibility to operate both in virtual and digital worlds as well as in our real world or however we define it our characters start on social they're almost born of the internet which is a flip in the model and very intentionally so to kind of go around the gated media platforms to engage an audience build an audience and then come through the front door really with a crowd uh behind us of, of our characters and and fans What's the actual media then in which they're invented? Are these small, short, when, when I can go around searching for these characters I just named, I'm seeing a lot of short social memes, maybe an occasional music video, not necessarily seeing sort of the longer, deeper form animation that I might be familiar with from previous licensing attempts. It seems as if they're actually, the medium are these memes and these short takes uh, and that they're developing uh, the IP in that medium rather than through some of the more classic forms. Absolutely. Our our medium is really focused on TikTok, YouTube Shorts, Instagram, short short form. I think a minute might be, you know, or, or a two, three minute music video might be our max so far. And that's really to to create 
the sense of the characters, the physicality, the attitudes, the styles upon which then we can continue to iterate and grow through longer form content as we also build the fan base and understand what fans want. How do people see these characters? What do they think of them in terms of their brand partnerships? And we kind of, in a weird way, co-create. That's interesting. So this idea of a synthetic celebrity is in some sense an interactive celebrity. You're iterating, you're iterating in some degree, it has their, their characters are shaped by some of the deals and the licensing partnerships they have, the ways in which people interact with them. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, in, in a meta way, it's a, what is real? And, you know, how do you build a relationship with something? And that's kind of what we're testing and proving out every day is, you know, what can we put out there that is content around these characters or by these characters that people engage with and share? What is shareable? What is funny? You know, what do what touch what touches on someone's fandom or identity? And then we build and grow from there. And, and actually, that's kind of the fun in now our biggest challenge in moving to long form with our show in development with Amazon called the Janky and Googiemon show, which is actually how do you play these characters out over a 22 minute episode to build mm -hmm. that even further? Uh, explain what but these characters are also very tangible. And part of the IP is that they are very highly priced toys. Why don't you explain to me what you charge for these things and why, and the community of collectors that's come up around them, because that's part of it also is the tangibility of the characters. Well, you hit on exactly the right word, which is the collector. Um, you know, Paul Budnitz, the original founder of Super Plastic, he was the founder of Kid Robot, had a lot of success on the in the toy business and the toy side. And when he created Super Plastic, he kept that ethos really as a way to engage with fans. I mean, when you're a fan of something, you kind of want to own a piece of it or you want to collect around it. And Paul knew that and hit on that very early on. But with the growth and flexibility of characters as living, breathing IP across mm -hmm. digital medium. So our toys, we range from very high end art toys that are usually collabs with famous street artists or musical artists. We did one with The Weeknd this past fall that was very successful. All the way through to other series of toys, we have different sizes from three inches to even more than, than 18 inches sometimes. Uh, and there's even a five foot tall one if you wanted. Uh, um, but really tacking in or tabbing into that collector uh, mm -hmm. mindset and that collector fan as well. Now, those two audiences don't always cross over, by the way. Our digital footprint on TikTok and social and our collector audience, those can be two different fans, um, but they all live within our, our universe. Um, that's that's fascinating. I'm I'm really I'm really curious about let's make this concrete and talk about maybe a couple of the characters or pick out one. Tell us who these folks are, because when I come across them, uh, all the samples I've seen, they're incredibly edgy. Uh, they they are not they are not your soft and cuddly. They're not even wisecracking animaniacs. Uh, they're in another they're in another world. So tell us a little bit, maybe pick one or two and tell us who are these folks and what are they like and what kinds of personas have they evolved so far? Sure. I mean, our, our main, like today, our core characters are still Janky and Gugumon and their friend Daisy. Um, and it it's very interesting because they're hard to nail down in who they are. Janky is sort of the lovable idiot, if you will. Um, you know, means well, 
gets sucked into trends and things very quickly. In many ways, he kind of is the internet uh, um, in terms <laughs> of what he gets exposed to and and how easily he may try something. Um, but he's always sort of searching for Gugumon's approval. And Gugumon is a little bit more of the sophisticated, experienced, worldly, almost gentleman um, who really just loves to kill and beat up, beat the shit out of Janky, quite frankly. <laughs> um, and uh, and there is a great dynamic in there that, you know, we probably need for it to understand fully. But um, it is really the story so far is of their adventures together both in how they see the world and and engage with the world, but also in how they interact with each other. Daisy is a, a friend and really more of a gamer character, more more uh, targeted to a multi-gender fan base, um, but really more through a love of technology and, and things like that. So, and then we have the Ghost Kids who were launched as, like you said, a hip hop band. Um, a, a real band in a, a virtual characters that are, you know, have kind of a mystery solving, you know, backstory, literally hunting ghosts as ghost kids, but really kind of see the world through hip hop and, and that kind of musical lifestyle. So let's talk about the brand building effort here around characters like these and the media channels that you've used and which are most important. Uh, when you come at, when, you, when you're generating characters like these, what's the media strategy? What's the brand building strategy? How are you getting traction and where so that people are taking notice of them and you really can start developing an audience to interact with and then extend into other media? So it really does start in, in the digital world. Um, and and in the world of social media in particular, to date very heavily in TikTok um, and Instagram and and YouTube, and if you spend time on any of those platforms, you very quickly start to see that there is an incredible world of immediate feedback, and and whether that's good or bad, um, in terms of what people respond to. So, as you know, animation is not the easiest or the fastest thing to produce. We have developed quite a powerful backend that allows us to make short form quality content quickly, which allows us to get the story out faster and really engage with fans um, quickly. And this has started with Janky and Gugumon, and now they have the ability to introduce their other friends so that this character universe expands largely through their quote unquote relationships with others. Um, but our vision long-term is really to create characters that occupy unique spaces within a universe. So if you take Daisy, for example, and, and really a gaming and tech fan base, Ghost Kids much deeper into the, not just music mm -hmm. singing and, and rapping, but into the music lifestyle segment and, and you know, podcasts or things like that. Mm -hmm. um, you start to build out that universe. So it really is digital first for us. So how does it work? Does it start with paid media that then gets a toehold and then moves over into these characters becoming some essentially having their own channel uh, with followers? Or are you using outside social influencers? I'm trying to get get at how you actually the mechanics, because our, our audience are marketers. They want to know how do you actually yeah. build an audience like this for uh, for sort of original IP in uh, a channel like TikTok? So it really does start with kind of core cool content, right? And a, and a fun 
premise to begin with. We are not your traditional, you know, marketer in the sense of things like we, our goal is actually to provoke a response or to provoke culture mm -hmm. in things. So we kind of start with that idea in our content. Then we partner with the right people um, and other brands to really help us leverage that. And sometimes those other brands are actual, you know, celebrities in the case of The Weeknd, for example, or others that we've done along that line. Some are brands that are very endemic to the areas that we're talking to. So like Tommy Hilfiger was really around a, a relationship around celebrating the 50 years of hip hop by launching a brand new hip hop, you know, act in, in the ghost kids. Um, and sure, paid is a piece of it, but it's a piece of it only in the sense that it actually amplifies what is kind of the core of the expression that we want to get out there. Mm -hmm. These characters now have their own sizable followings. They do. Uh, we've we've just crossed, I think, 23 million followers for the characters across uh, our platforms. Very heavy on TikTok, like I said, um, but really kind of growing rapidly on youtube as well which is exciting so let's talk about some of the uh the, the is it fair to call this licensing or are you doing something really different here these are brand these seem to be much more embedded partnerships uh which raise a whole host of questions about who gets what from whom and and what's it worth to you yeah 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 it is um it is much more than just a typical licensing deal, although that is a component of it typically. And remember, I come from a sports uh, business background. And so I grew up really in sponsorship and partnerships that are native to leveraging all sorts of different types of, um, of experiences and mediums to build brand value and build fans. And that's really where we lean. So if you take, for example, our partnership with Mercedes this past year, um, that partnership really started around creating a new character together. So they had um, some history with a character uh, called the Dackel, and we created with them Super Dackel, which is sort of a dog character um, that is very much of Mercedes and their history, but also blends nicely into our world of Janky and Gugamon, especially Gugamon, who has that sort of worldly sophisticated, you know, very on brand with Mercedes, but also very targeted and cool at a younger audience. So mm -hmm. in many ways, that relationship started because there was a perfect fit between our brands and our character identities. Then it got expanded through the creation of that new character in our world, which was then brought to life through uh, real life physical events, content and animation that we put out together as well as uh, footholds into um, NFTs a little bit and uh, apparel and merch and toys. And then and so, these extensions yeah. then become part of your own world. I mean, I think what's really interesting here is it's breaking down a lot of the old ways in which we would think about these sorts of things. You could, on one sense, in one sense, be a custom studio. Mercedes wants an edgy character. You could create it for it, and it exists on its own as something fun that Mercedes can use. But in this case, it's actually coming out of the fictional world you've already created and then adding back to it. So you're you're taking and adopting it and using it yourself. Yeah, that's actually the goal for us, right, um, is not to be so much an agency, but to really creatively and authentically build IP that 
builds into itself um, and extends the universe. And, and that's really the fun part about it. And frankly, Mercedes is a perfect brand for that because it is a natural extension. Our characters love cars and, you know, we feature a lot of content of our characters doing crazy things in cities and cars. Um, but it's also a perfect thing for them to have really an association with one of the characters as strongly as the one that we made with them, for example. So yeah, it really feeds itself in a unique new way, which is well, great. Well, that, that begs the question of where do these characters, where does the universe expand and where does it come from? Are you at a stage now where you're thinking, we want a new character, What who can we partner with that can help us do this? As opposed to, let's generate a new character, Donald Duck, you know, <laughs> Minnie Mouse. This is the way the classic studios would think is what's the new IP and then how can we spin it out? In this case, you're you have a structure where you might be imagining who can we partner with uh, that would make an interesting addition to this universe uh, and then start spinning out and spinning up a character from there. It's, uh, it makes me curious about where the new characters come from and how the universe expands. If you actually start thinking about it in terms of who do we partner with to bring into this world? 100%. And, you know, our attitude about it is really that it can come from anywhere. A new partner would make a lot of sense and could be very cool. You know, a lot of companies have characters that they've been thinking about or or mm -hmm. wanting to do or even kind of early stage developing. Is there a way that by working together, we could bring a different level of cool and association into that kind of more traditional branded character, if you will? Mm -hmm. and pull them into the universe now what role they play who they engage with and things like that that all becomes part of the storytelling and the narrative at the same time we think that there's a lot of opportunities from just who our characters are as we flesh them out more and as janky and googie have a show as daisy becomes a you know an active gaming streamer and participant that things are going to naturally flow out of that, that will get spun up into other characters. Like we had Janky and Googie walk the runway at New York Fashion Week a couple of years ago. Why couldn't we have Daisy sitting courtside at NBA All-Star next year, right? And and think about ways that if we're if we've played in sports and art and entertainment, or sorry, we've played in music and arts and entertainment, how do we maybe play relevantly in sports as well? And because that is such a part of culture too so it can kind of come from anywhere well that then, then raises the question of how you contain this and, and keep on a strategy so let's play this out <laughs> in a few years how do you yes it could go anywhere um but that's not always the most sensible business plan because you need to have some sort of control over and structure over this where do you envision this in two five years from now what's the what's the larger goal here and again sort of keep in mind our you know we're familiar with how disney did this uh, or how Warner Brothers did this. And, and I'm curious how this compares then to those older models. It, it's fantastic. Actually, one of the slides we use is the original IP map that Walt Disney drew. Um, mm -hmm. And we kind of say like, okay, this is how they did it in the 20th century. Mm -hmm. But we have a few things going for us in our century that can help us supercharge this. And, um, and really, you know, my whole job is to focus and say, how does this grow strategically over the next couple of years mm -hmm. to really become this hyper valuable character universe that is our, our North Star? And the answer to it is we're digging in and really doubling down in AI and tech enabled animation pipeline creation 
because mm-hmm. at the core of it, the way that we can express our characters and tell our stories to the most fans is by creating a lot of content mm-hmm. and a lot of really good content. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, AI isn't there yet. Maybe for some 2D stuff, we've seen some really cool things, but we really believe that our unique IP plus technology can create something new that we've never seen before in animation. So Mm -hmm. that's part of how we build this universe faster and bigger. But then the other piece of it is, how do we really understand our fan base? And this is where I take a lot of learnings from sports because a lot of entertainment companies don't know who watches their stuff, who engages with their, you know, with their Mm -hmm. things. They know they have fans, Mm -hmm. but for us, we actually can know who buys, who buys our toys, who buys our apparel, you know, who engages with us on social comments, shares, those types of things, right? And we can actually build a more customer-centric data insights view mm-hmm. than most other companies can, I think. Um, and that's where we're taking a lot of pages from the sports world right now, and especially mm-hmm. how teams are identifying fans. Um, and then we can bring those two things together, put our attitude and spin on it, right? <laughs> right? And, um, you know, maybe we could have a new very alt version of Disney for the next century. <laughs> well, and do it in near real time. I mean, the AI tools allow you to respond. I mean, part part of the that map that Disney had was that most of those films were working on three, four, sometimes five year uh, timeframes, especially yeah. for the hand drawn animation. So they would blend it into the market, and they had no idea where it was going to go from there. You're talking about a system where, especially using AI tools, you could be responding to the iterations and to the interactions with fans in near real time. And that's 100% the goal, right? Interacting with fans, but also interacting with culture at the speed of the internet. Mm-hmm. We're, we're of the digital world, right? We are, yes, how do you make synthetic celebrities real? They engage in the real world the real world of the internet. So if it takes us, you know, four to six weeks to produce an animation, we're not going to be able to respond or or lead the next TikTok trend. We mm-hmm. need to be able to do that in five days, two days. And that's exactly what, you know, our tech investments and future is building against so that we can be that provocateur really of internet culture. <laughs> And and see and watching your heart watching your otherwise animation characters show up in all the most unlikely places on runways at courtside, which is a fascinating concept as well, because to some degree it's already happening. And all you're doing is taking what's already happening in the world of celebrity, which is becoming increasingly synthetic, um, and 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 actually giving it a different face, but but bringing it to a new level. This is absolutely fascinating. Um, and I can't wait to see how this evolves. Uh, Jennifer Van Dyke, this was absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much for your time today. I really look forward to seeing all these characters everywhere and see what happens next. Thank you so much, and, and you will, uh, and we will. You're 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 blowing all of our fuses here, and we're clearly down a cultural rabbit hole. I think we've never we, we we've never gone before, but it's going to be a really fascinating trip. <laughs> Definitely, it will it will not be boring. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for hitting play on Media Post's Brand Insider podcast. We're here each week interviewing marketing executives from large and small, legacy and emerging brands. They share their experiences navigating the challenges of commercial clutter, media distraction, and consumer disinterest. You can also subscribe to the Brand Insider newsletter for edited text editions of these Q&As. 
For this and all of the marketing and media news reporting MediaPost has provided the industry for two decades, head over to MediaPost.com. And if you have any thoughts, comments, or suggestions for Brand Insider, you can always reach me, Steve Smith, at steve at MediaPost.com. Until next week, let's market carefully out there. <laughs>